You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident panelist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore dadam. Well, today is going to be a quick and dirty, um, I guess we'll see how quick, depending on how many I want to do, because I kind of want to do a lot, uh, bonus episode where I very briefly do a once-over of the quarterbacks. We're talking NFL draft prospects so um if this is not your speed that's fine but as i said since there is a possibility that uh jordan love massively bounces back and whatnot i figure it might make sense to um you know check this out now and uh look at quarterbacks because we never get a chance to do that because we always have quarterbacks both starting and um you know jordan love waiting in the wings and whatnot so very excited to kind of get started on this whole thing here. Um, at the very least, here is the list as it is laid out on NFL Mock Draft Database. And if you don't know, that's a site that just aggregates everything. I used to do all this manually. It was a ton of work. I'm internally grateful for NFL Mock Draft Database. There's a couple things I can't see anymore as a result of not doing it myself, but I don't care. So they are aggregating everybody else's big board out there on the web. Anybody that really has one or matters or anything, he pulls it all in, in averages it out, and these are the big boards or the, the main aggregate big board. Caleb Williams, Drake May, Michael Penix, Quinn Ewers, Shadur Sanders. That is, at the very least, the minimum I want to get through today. Because those are the guys expected to be first-round picks right now. However, very closely behind at pick 33, or spot 33, J.J. McCarthy out of Michigan. At 35, Bo Nix. Ideally, we get through those. If there's more time, there's also Spencer Rattler, Riley Leonard, Jaden Daniels, Cameron Ward, Tyler Van Dyke that I've referenced uh, several times as being a guy that I kind of mocked and made fun of as being a fake good quarterback that's actually having a fantastic year right now. Um, and then I guess KJ Jefferson. Those would be the top 100 with KJ Jefferson being at 100. So probably won't get to that, although I'm going to push hard for it because I want to get to Tyler Van Dyke. But the, the, the basic thing that I want to do today, again, as quick and dirty as I can, nothing super in-depth. Number one is um, scouting reports. There are preliminary scouting reports just to kind of go through strengths and weaknesses. I'm going to watch them, but I'm just going, I'm not going to be sitting around watching like massive amounts of film. I'm going to be watching primarily highlights, which I know sounds stupid, but it's just a quick way to kind of get a feel for what it is they do really well, which is usually the thing I like to do. I start with highlights just to kind of get an idea of, okay, why is this a good football player? From there, I want to look at PFF and also, if possible, SIS. Because yes, 
I did decide to bite the bullet and pay for SIS. I really didn't want to beg you guys for it. And so I didn't. I just decided to pay for it, and we worked out um, a little bit of a payment thing for the rest of the guys in the network. So it is going to be a network-wide thing. So I will have it, and JJ will have it, and Clayton will have it, and the whole crew is going to have access to it. So hopefully that will improve the quality of the podcasts and the product being uh, put forth around and across the network. And I'm excited to kind of delve into that. So that's about it. Uh, Why don't we start with Mr. Caleb Williams? I'm going to try to be as consistent as I can with the scouting reports, but they're kind of few and far between right now, so there might be some random sites that I go to if need be. But the site that I'm going to lean on right now is Pro Football Network. I like Pro Football Network, especially their draft content. Um, Ian Valentino wrote up this report. I don't actually know who that is. I'm unfamiliar with him, but I trust, uh, considering the people that they have here, especially for the draft, I'm going to go ahead and just trust that he does as good of a job. But all right, here we go. Six foot one, 218 pounds out of USC, 21 years old. And age is, of course, relevant. Strengths, excellent arm talent, effortlessly generates velocity. I'm going to try to sort shorten these a little bit because, again, I just want to fly through these as much as possible. Accuracy and ball placement consistently allow his playmakers to maximize opportunities. A fantastic player outside of structure. Extremely efficient with completion rate. Often overcame mediocre blocking. His anticipation while playing in structure was good when he had the time to throw in the pocket. Able to produce chunk plays to help overcome an offense that can't sustain consistent drives. Very good pocket mobility, willing to keep his eyes downfield as he buys time for receivers. And an able scrambler thanks to his quickness, but not reliant on his legs to move the chains. Weaknesses. Struggles to play within the offense's timing, sometimes due to poor blocking and other times because he wants to extend uh, the play for bigger opportunities. Prone to getting happy feet and breaking out of the pocket before it's necessary. Can find a better balance between being a playmaker and taking the easy throw to extend drives. His size is not ideal, lacking height and a fuller frame than his peers. So I I don't really need to watch much more of Caleb Williams. I've seen so many highlights of Caleb that I I think it's probably worth about three or four different highlight uh, videos on YouTube. So I'm not going to bother even doing that. Um, I remember being enamored with him probably over a year ago when you started to see some of the the clips and the highlights coming out. I mean, his ability is obviously next level. I did actually watch a couple of his his highlights recently, uh, a highlight video, I think it was. And I definitely was impressed with the velocity of his throws as well. Because my, my whole concern was, if he's really just a guy that does like fancy Mahomes stuff, you know, once in a while, that's cool. But, you know... Is there more to it than that? And when you watch the ball fly off his hand, um, the placement of the ball, the velocity of the ball, that was also something that kind of stood out. Um, sometimes with these college quarterbacks, like what the heck was I watching? It was uh, Oklahoma and their quarterback. And it's like they put – you just watch these guys just put as much into it as they can, and that thing is just barely moving. It's like, okay, I'm not sure if this is going to be a thing for you in the pros or not. But yeah, as far as my observations, he is sort of that Pat Mahomes type of player. He is outside of structure, throwing across his body, pinpoint accuracy, like just crazy stuff like that. That's going to get everybody jumping out of their seat, getting excited. Looking over at PFF is where things start to get concerning. First of all, his first year was at Oklahoma, 91.3 grade, 90 passing grade. Year two at USC, 92 overall grade, 90.1 passing grade, almost identical. This year, he's down from a 92 to an 82, which is still good, but it's a significant drop-off. His passing grade went from a 90.3 to a 90.1 to a 76.6. 
He had an 88.7 grade against Nevada, 91.6 against Stanford. Then it was a 75, 74, 52, and 49. His last two games, 52.5 and 49.2. He threw for 219 yards, one touchdown, and no picks, but he had zero. So he hasn't had a big-time throw in his last three games, not one. He had two turnover-worthy plays, though, in, in week five. So zero big-time throws, two turnover-worthy plays. That's trash. Week six, zero big-time throws, two turnover-worthy plays. Now, he only threw one pick in that in that whole span there, right? So, for example, even Colorado, 403 yards, six touchdowns, one interception, zero big-time throws, two turnover-worthy plays. Okay, next week, week six, 52 passing grades, zero Big-time throws, two turnover-worthy plays, but none of those were picked. That's just called luck. Okay, Notre Dame, he had zero big-time throws and four turnover-worthy plays, which was 8% of his throws. He currently has a big-time throw percentage of 4%, which, again, zero in his last three games. 4% is fairly high, but it's been bad for a while. And he has a turnover-worthy play percentage of 5%, which is unbelievably high. Against Notre Dame, that's when he had his one touchdown and three interceptions. That's when everybody started to look and say, this isn't great. But this isn't his first bad game. He had a bad game against Arizona. And on top of that, he hasn't had an elite game since week two against Stanford. Here's where it gets worse. I started to look at it, and I'm like, okay, well, how does he do under pressure? Maybe he's just not very good. He has a 93.2 passing grade while kept clean and a 27.1 passing grade while under pressure. He is 24 of 52, which is 46.2% for 363 yards, seven touchdowns, and four interceptions. He has two big-time throws in that entire span. Out of 52 attempts, two of them are big-time throws. 13, 13 turnover-worthy plays. Only four of them were intercepted. 15% of his throws, while under pressure, are turnover-worthy. This is horrific. Now, it wasn't this bad last year. He had an 85 grade and a 79 passing grade while under pressure last year. 51% completion percentage, 14 touchdowns, zero interceptions. He had 14 big-time throws, 9.5%, four turnover-worthy plays, just 2% of his passes. I don't know what's going on, but if he doesn't snap out of this, there's no way in the world he's going number one overall. Zero chance. If, if, if the draft was today, is he? Probably. But this is still massively concerning. Massively concerning. Now, going over to SIS, I love looking at the catchable and on-target percentages. Um, he ranks 22nd in catchable percentage, which isn't as bad as it sounds if you're just an NFL fan, because remember, there are a billion quarterbacks. Um, there are actually 125 quarterbacks that are listed here that have at least 100 pass attempts. On target percentage, he is 23rd. Not terrible. That is 76.2%. So the accuracy is fine. Overall, it's completely fine. If you look at uh, adjusted net yards per attempt, which is a pretty solid metric for um, how good a quarterback is, he ranks 7th. Touchdown percentage, he is number 1 in all of college football with 11.3%. His interception percentage uh, is um, 46th, which obviously is not the best. But... You know, I mean, you, you got to also understand, I mean, he, he he's 29.4% pressure rate, which remember, that in the NFL would be one of the lowest. I think right now, Jordan Love is the least pressured quarterback via SIS of all quarterbacks in the NFL. He's at 25%. So Caleb Williams is at 29% and the pressure's killing him. That's massively concerning. 
again, maybe this is just a, a, a minor thing and it's, you know, kind of a fluke and he's going to pull out of this and it's no big deal, whatever, but this is a problem. All right, moving on. Next up is Mr. Drake May, quarterback out of North Carolina. This uh, report was done by Ian Cummings. I am a fan of Ian Cummings. He's no Jake Chavink, don't get me wrong, but I don't think Jake has his done yet. So we're going to go with Ian Cummings. Six foot four, two thirty-two. So now we're getting into a more prototypical. And and you got to remember, this stuff is going to matter. You look at it, it's like Drake May is not going ahead of Caleb Williams. If Caleb isn't suddenly the most special elite prospect you've ever seen in your life, and you really have major concerns. You got a guy that's really talented. He's 6'4", 232. I mean, all things being equal from a playing standpoint, it's a really easy decision. According to the Googles, he is 21 years old also. But uh, strengths and weaknesses, tall, well-built, superb mobility, quantifiably elite arm talent. So that's not a bad thing. Generates high-level velocity with effortless, effortless, effortless ease and crisp, snappy release. Uh, can push the ball outside the numbers and pass tight coverage with very little strain. Extremely fluid hip torque and arm elasticity. Extremely underrated quick twitch lateral burst and evasive ability. Has impressive uh, impressive control and alignment with his shoulders, both in and out of structure. Corrective mobility and foot quickness to stabilize his base ahead of throws. Consistent anticipation both when reacting to breaks and reading zones. Can work left to right on progressions and consistently leads his eyes with his feet. Quickly recognize optimal leverage and match uh, matchups on deep attempts. Has a willingness to take calculated risks, but can also take what the defense gives him. Shows off great spatial feet and outlet awareness when navigating the pocket in phase. Exceptional accuracy and situational placement to all levels. Can seamlessly layer velocity, loft touch, and vault passes into tight windows. Competitive toughness and poise show up both as a pocket operator and runner. Weaknesses. Considerable room for mechanical growth. Stance too tall in his stance, sometimes crosses his feet. Footwork, pace, and spacing can be too segmented. Tall, narrow base sometimes forces him to widen late. Some of this is kind of nerdy, whatever stuff. Very good football player, maybe lacks in some footwork stuff. How's that sound? We good? Oh, there is one other thing I wanted to do was look at the uh, deep passing. We'll get there once. We'll get there when we get there. As far as my thoughts, and again, highlights don't give you a ton to work with, um, unless you're Caleb Williams and it's like, blow your mind type of stuff but obviously you've got some pinpoint accurate throws everything that was kind of laid out there the only two things that kind of stood out is number one it seems like there's a little bit of a wind up which in the pros matters that's one of the things that i think a lot of people speculate is kind of killing justin field because that extra millisecond is enough for nfl players to really crash down on these things the other is if he ended up in green bay um there would need to be some footwork um you know they'd have some work to do there and I'm sure that's true of every quarterback, but you know, usually you see at least some level of of in Green Bay, every step is deliberate, right? And that's probably true in most NFL teams. But with Drake May, it's kind of you know, I get the ball, I do my drop, I kind of stand here, you know, and then maybe I'll step up and then I stand here. It's like no, you, those feet got to be moving, man. Like every every single thing is deliberate, and they're constantly moving. And that's not a thing with Drake May. It's kind of like I'm going to walk through my drop. I'm going to kind of stand here, look around. So it would have to be worked on. But that's, I think that's standard across college. I mean, you look at a lot of these things, the way that they run an offense or whatever, there's major changes that need to be made. Uh, Drake May catchable percentage is 30th, which is pretty similar to Caleb. His on-target percentage is 62nd, though. So they see it as generally accurate as opposed to precise passer, I guess you could say. Adjusted net yards per attempt, 26th. They have him rank 18th on their IQR, which is kind of their um, 
ranking system. He is at 30.9% pressure, which again is, is pretty similar to what you're getting in uh, with Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams, by the way, ranks third in that IQR. Anyways, I also wanted to look at uh, deep passes. So 20 yards or more. And part of the reason I'm bringing this up is I had, uh, let me get his name real quick. Carlo reached out. He said, LaFleur's offense is gunslinger oriented after all, it seems. So a big arm and accurate passer is needed. Who is that? Aside from just being generally interesting, I want to make sure that I touch on that as well. So 20 yard passes, Caleb Williams catchable percentage drops to 75th. Now remember, this isn't like, well, yeah, it's going to go down because it's deep. No, no, this is compared to everybody else. This is everybody, 20 plus yard passes. He ranks 75th. His on target percentage is 87th. So that's another sort of red flag as far as Caleb Williams is his downfield accuracy is severely lacking. Drake May, it's funny that this is kind of exactly opposite, but he ranks 62nd as far as catchable. His on target, however, is uh, 23rd. 60%, almost all of his uh, catchable passes were exactly on target. 63% catchable, 60% on target. But he ranks 23rd, which is pretty solid. Uh, 60% of his passes but I think the fact that such a low percentage were even catchable is, is more the issue. As far as PFF is concerned, and remember, this is the film grade, not just accuracy. This is the whole picture. They have Drake May as the seventh best deep passing quarterback in football. Last year, he was the number one deep passing quarterback in football. So if passing deep down the field is a concern with Jordan Love and you want that to be a primary fix, then Drake May is certainly a fantastic option. Um, Mr. Williams is currently ranked 52nd. He has an 87.3 PFF grade on deep passes, which sounds great, but, you know, there are, let's see, 42 with a 90 grade or higher. So 52, 52nd overall is not fantastic. But all right, let's take a break. We're on pace to get through not very many. <laughs> we'll come back. We'll take a look at Michael Penix out of Washington. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. So just to be clear... Caleb Williams is uh, the number one prospect. Drake May is number three. Michael Penix is 27. So we go from potential number one pick to potential first round pick 
pretty quickly. However, Penix is a guy that's going to check like every statistical box that you can find. Right, film guys might be kind of up and down on him, but I mean this it, it's going to go well here. So, another scouting report by Ian Valentino. Excellent decision maker, rarely puts the ball in harm's way, solid accuracy, uh, improved passing motion, dissects defenses pre-snap as well as any passer in the country, gives playmakers a chance to finish at the catch point, subtle footwork in the pocket, buys them time, overcame adversity to become a star player. Weaknesses, lacks plus arm strength, not a rushing threat outside of being near the goal line, up and down nature throughout his career. Four season-ending injuries, that's massive, including torn ACLs in 2018 and 2020, that is massive, massive, and shoulder injuries in 2019 and 2021. So 18, 19, 2020, and 2021, <laughs> oh my good lord. Um, more reliant on his playmakers than other top quarterbacks, closer to a game manager than a dynamic player, turns 24 before the start of the 2024 season. So those are some serious, serious red flags. Um, as far as watching the guy, I, I am enamored with him. I was watching Rome Odunze, the wide receiver, and couldn't take my eyes off the quarterback. I love the uh, velocity, the accuracy, everything about it. I just think he looks fantastic. Going over to PFF, number one passing quarterback in college football is Michael Penix Jr. He has a 93.1 passing grade, 2,300 yards, 20 touchdowns, three interceptions. He has 18 big-time throws, which is second but at 8%, it is significantly higher than Shadur Sanders, who has the most big-time throws. 8%, that's massive. Three turnover-worthy plays, all of them were intercepted. So even on that three interceptions, that is such an inflated number, because very rarely do three turnover-worthy plays translate to three turnovers. That is just 1.3%, which is incredibly low. His consistency is through the roof. His passing grades this year have been 85, 90, 92, 94, 75, and 79. Now, those last two aren't the best, but his worst game is a 75.4, and that was against Arizona, 374 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions, but had one big-time throw and no turnover-worthy plays. In fact, he has had one turnover-worthy play in his last four games. At, by the way, six foot three, 213, I forgot to mention. Not the biggest in terms of weight guy in the world, but not bad size at all. PFF, as far as his deep passing is concerned, he is the fourth best passer. Ex well, excuse me, tied for the third best passer, tied with Tyler Van Dyke in all of college football. He has a 96.4 passer rating or passing grade um, on 20 yard passes or deeper. He is 24 of 45 for 842 yards, six touchdowns, and two turnovers. That's pretty fantastic. Under pressure, he has a 68 grade, which is not the best. 69 grade, 68 passing grade. That maybe is something that is cause for concern, especially considering his, uh, he's pressured on just 22% of his dropbacks, which is pretty low. I mean, that is, that's like Packers low. <laughs> so if he's a Packer and the offensive line gets back on track, that's fine, but more than likely he's going to be up in the 30s, potentially 40s in terms of his pressure rate. Looking at SIS, his uh, catchable pass percentage is 23rd. His on-target pass percentage is 4th. It is the 4th highest in all of college football at 80.1%. 80.1% of his passes are dead accurate. Adjusted net yards per attempt, he is the number one quarterback in college football. When you look at the IQR ratings, 137.1, that is the number two quarterback in college football. But again, when you look at his pressure rate, according to SIS, 
He ranks 118th out of 125 at just 19.2%. So that is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8th lowest pressure rate among quarterbacks. So that is worth noting. There may be some inflation based on really good, well, either really good offensive line play or scheme to keep him um, away from pressure. On deep passes... He is 16th in terms of his catchable passes. He is 7th in his on-target passes. 70% of his passes, 20% or deeper, are on-target. There there are guys that aren't 70% on their passes, period, being on-target. In fact, 73 quarterbacks have any of their passes on-target. The rest, out of the 125, are sub-70% just in general with on-target passes. He's got 70% on... Let's bump this out a little further. I'm curious now. I'm curious how good this gets. At 40 yards, um, he's 27th as far as catchable. He is 21st on target. I just want to know how deep he's thrown it. Looks like 47 yards was his deepest pass this year. Deepest pass of the season, since I'm just on this rabbit trail. Haynes King at Georgia Tech, 59 yards. And that pass was on target. That's crazy. Anyways, distracted. Um, Next up is Quinn Ewers. Quinn Ewers, when he came out of high school, was supposed to be the greatest thing in the history of the universe. And then I just didn't really hear from him or about him at all. And then when I started checking on him, it was like, oh, yeah, maybe like late second round. I was like, are you serious? Right now he's sitting at 28. So he has risen up the boards, that's for sure. But uh, six foot two, 206 out of Texas. Strengths, best-in-class natural accuracy and ball placement. Manipulates his touch masterfully, throwing bullets when needed or utilizing angles to mitigate the defender's position. Appears to have a thicker build than listed weight. Fast release allows him to avoid sacks and dangerous situations. Smart player who reads the field well for someone lacking experience. Despite inexperience and suffering from a midseason slump, he was the best player on the field against Alabama, Oklahoma, and Washington. Will turn only 21 in March of 2024, so he'll be the youngest player in the NFL. One of the youngest players in the NFL. I was going to say, wow, you really did your research. Weaknesses relies too much on his natural ability as a pocket passer. Far too many examples of viewers not stepping into throws or driving his core to maximize velocity. Does not have elite arm strength to overcome consistent mechanical breakdowns. His creation ability is limited because he's not a great agile athlete will hurry his process when under pressure and leave passes short, coming out of an RPO-based offense that hasn't exposed him to more complex reads and route concepts. Quinn Ewers right now is the, based on passing grade, 25th ranked quarterback, which is not terrible. Remember, Caleb Williams is 40th. He has a 79.7 passing grade and 81 overall grade that is up from 72.4 passing grade, went from a 71 to a 78, or excuse me, to an 80 basically. Um, relatively inconsistent though, 62, 90, 50, 73, 68, 82. It's kind of bouncing all over the place. He has five big time throws, which is 2.6%, four turnover worthy plays, which is 1.8%. Um, so the turnover worthy plays are low, but so are the big time throws. Um, under pressure. So he has an 83.4 grade win clean, 60 under pressure, zero big time throws, one turnover worthy play. He's under pressure 22.3% of the time, which again is really low. And then maybe worst of all, um, on deep passes, he ranks 105th out of 145 with just a 67.6 PFF grade. 
He's completed just 6 of 23, which is like Jordan Love numbers, 26.1%, 231 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions, five big-time throws, one turnover where they play, which sounds good, but generally big-time throws, there's a lot of them when you throw deep down the field. So that's problematic. Looking at uh, his overall catchability percentage, he ranks 17th. On target percentage, he ranks 39th. Adjusted net yards per attempt, he is 21st. His IQR rating is 25th. And then, you know, looking at his pressure rate, uh, SIS has him pretty similarly at 20.7%, which is 113th out of 125. So one of the least pressured quarterbacks in football. So interestingly, he uh, is 113. Michael Penix is 118. Bo Nix is 125. He's dead last. He has pressured the least of anybody. Bo Nix at 11.2%. So that's definitely worth noting. And then on deep passes, his catchable percentage, he ranks 124th. Just 54.5% of his passes are even catchable. His on-target rate on 20-yard passes or deeper, he ranks 90th. 45.5% of his passes. So the deep passing is pretty horrific. So, I mean, just based on what I'm looking at here, this is really quite bad. It seems to me that somebody is going to take a swing at Quinn Ewers seeing a lot of upside and a lot of potential. In fact, I would say this is a very Jordan Love-like player, although obviously he had higher upside. But still, it's, it's that kind of a thing where it's like, okay, the downfield stuff is shaky. He makes a lot of really boneheaded decisions. You know, uh, I mean, Jordan Love has a better body type than Quinn Ewers does, so that's a a separate thing, so you can't really fix that. But somebody's going to think they can fix this and have a premier quarterback, and maybe they're right, but there's a lot to not super love here. Not great under pressure, terrible accuracy deep down the field, kind of a system quarterback, faces very little pressure in college. Then as far as watching him, um, you know, definitely a pocket passer, doesn't really, don't really see him move very much, even inside the pocket. But the thing that does stand out is the touch, right? He does seem to have a good feeling for, you know, when to kind of rocket ball it in there and when to sort of leave a little bit of air underneath. I mean, it it seems, that part of it seems really impressive. I also did see a couple plays where he's able to contort his body and sort of use that torque where he's got both feet in the air and still is able to generate some velocity. So that's that's the kind of stuff that's going to stick out too to, to some coaches. But all right, let's take another break, and then we will just do Shadur Sanders and J.J. McCarthy on the other side. If there's a little bit extra time, we'll get to Bo Nix, but um, we'll just do a nice, easy 2-2-2. Two, two, and two. So we'll take a break. We'll be right back. Shadur Sanders, obviously very well-known quarterback, um, considering you know what Colorado has been doing, also who his dad is and whatnot. But he's listed at 6'2", 215. I'm using NFL Draft Buzz for for this scouting report because that's the only one I can find. Uh, but strengths, obviously pedigree, adept at exploiting his athleticism to navigate the pocket. Arm strength is evident in short-range throws. Consistently threads the needle in tight coverage. Um, although deep throws can sometimes lag, his downfield accuracy is a testament to his proficiency. Good throwing mechanics. Executes brilliantly from the shotgun. Skillfully blends dropback technique with route depth. Pocket presence is noteworthy. Ability to extend plays. Leadership radiates from Sanders, especially during critical game moments. That's important. Passion is palpable, whether he's lifting teammates' spirits or displaying determination post-turnover. I think as Packer fans who have been kind of concerned about the locker room for a while, that's definitely noteworthy. 
And then it says a key hallmark of Sanders' game is his intuitive feel for the game, evident in his poised decision-making and uncanny ability to find those pivotal passing windows, especially under a heavy rush. Weaknesses. Um, concerns about his uh, raw talent and whether it meets NFL standards. Throwing mechanics display gaps, often leaving heavily, uh, leaning heavily on his upper body. Erratic footwork. Arm talent assessments based on tape alone yield mixed results. Perhaps the most alarming issue is his approach to ball security. Casual handling, particularly when evading tackles or in motion, has led to a notable 19 fumbles in his career. This is probably not updated, but still worth noting. All right, PFF has him graded as the second highest graded quarterback in college football behind only Michael Penix. He has a 91.8 passing grade, a 92.2 overall grade. He also has about a 70 rushing grade, which is worth noting. 2,400 yards, 21 touchdowns, three interceptions, 19 big-time throws, which I think is number one in all of college football, if I'm not mistaken. Let me just check. Yep, number one in all of college football. Now, he's thrown a lot, so as a percentage, it's 5.8%, which is, you know, not as impressive, but still quite impressive. Uh, Seven turnover-worthy plays, which, again, seems high, but it's actually not that bad. It's only 1.8%, which is actually quite low. Uh, the grades are actually wildly consistent with the exception of Oregon. I shouldn't say wildly consistent, but wildly positively consistent or consistently positive. 86, 92, 93, 56. That was Oregon. Then 91, 71, and 77. So he's only had one bad game, four elite games, two good games. Now, the two good games are the last two games. And if you mix in the last four games, it's been two good and a bad. And the elite games were the first three, so it's possible that that was kind of a little bit fake. And we'll see if it if we get any more of those 90s, or if it's just going to be kind of 70s and 60s and whatnot from here on out. Which would maybe indicate that you know there was a little bit of a little bit of a flash in the pan, but not exactly real. But even at Jackson State, which obviously is smaller competition, but he's always graded out very very well. His passing grades 91, 84, and then so far 92 this year. As far as pressure, he's faced pressure 37% of the time, which is much higher than a lot of these other guys. He's had it much tougher, and he handles it much better. His grade while kept clean is 94, 93.5 to be exact. His grade under pressure is a 72, which is very, very good. He's completed 47 of 88 attempts for 658 yards, 8 touchdowns, and 3 interceptions. That's an 8.2% big-time throw rate under pressure. 3.4% turnover-worthy play, which isn't great. But under pressure, it is what it is. Looking at deep passing, I mentioned his name earlier. He's tied with Michael Penix and Tyler Van Dyke with a 96.4, which is tied for the third best passing grade on 20-yard passes or deeper. Only two quarterbacks have higher grades. Jalen Milrow, Alabama, and Jaden Daniels at LSU. He's 17 of 43, which is about 40%. 572 yards, eight touchdowns, one pick. That's 32.6% big-time throw percentage, and just 4.3% turnover-worthy play rate. When you look at his um, catchable passes, he ranks 7th in all of college football, which is obviously incredible. 89.3% of his passes are catchable. That's freaking remarkable. But it's even better when you look at on-target percentage. He's number 2 behind only Noah Fafita of Arizona. 82%, 81.8% of his passes are on target. That's freaking ridiculous. I mean, legitimately, that is stupid. 
Adjusted net yards per attempt is 47th. His IQR is ranked 15th. And again, as far as pressure, so remember all of that stuff about how unbelievably accurate he is. He is the 22nd most pressured quarterback in college football. 22nd most. I'm not going to lie. This is probably the most impressive quarterback. Again, we got to kind of track it and see like if it continues to trend downward or just kind of stay at this good, not great level. But so far over the course of the 2023 season, I have not seen anything more impressive statistically than Shadur Sanders. By the way, can I just add in one other thing? Let's just say Jordan Love isn't it, which is the reason we're doing this exercise. We're pretending that things continue to be terrible, right? Packers are in contention. They're looking for a quarterback. And let's say it makes sense to go Shadur Sanders in the top 10, which is where the Packers would probably be picking if we're getting a new quarterback, which if he continues to play like this, I don't know why he wouldn't be. You know what else would be happening if we draft Shadur Sanders? All eyes will be on him. There's not going to be anybody that is more talked about than the Green Bay Packers quarterback. We are back to being the center of attention because it's Deion Sanders' kid. Deion Sanders is going to be at Packer games. He's going to be hyping up the Green Bay Packers. He's going to be hyping up his kid. He's going to be on all the shows, doing all the interviews, talking about the Green Bay Packers, talking about his son, talking about how great things are and everything else. That's not a bad thing. And again, this is a guy who's supposedly really, really good in the locker room, bringing over that Colorado culture which is a big locker room thing. I'm just saying it maybe wouldn't be the worst thing. Maybe you don't want the clown show. Fair enough. I'm just saying somebody's going to draft this guy, and that's all anybody's going to be talking about is that team. And you know what would be just beautiful? If the pack, if the Bears get Caleb Williams, the Vikings get Drake May, and all anybody wants to talk about is the Packers' new quarterback, Shadur Sanders. <laughs> and everybody's going to pick us to win. He's, he's the sleep, you know, because that's what the media does. They're, they they want to hype up the most pop, they want to have the most popular take. We could have four new quarterbacks in the NFC North, and all anybody would talk about is whoever it is that picks Shadur Sanders. But I don't know, man. I mean, I, legitimately, I mean, this is, this is really impressive. And as far as watching them, I, again, I know their highlights. This is by far my favorite and most fun highlight to watch. You know what's going to happen? Shadur Sanders is going to be my guy. He's going to end up being my quarterback, and everybody's going to say, oh, you're just hyped up because of freaking sand, blah, 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 Colorado. No, that has nothing to do with it. It's everything that we talked about that I just discovered at this exact moment with you as I went through this with you. And then watching these high... I mean, there is nobody that does a better... So, so here's what I'm watching. Nobody has the mobility, and I'm not talking about just lateral running like he's really fast down the field like justin fields or lamar jackson or whatever i'm talking about mobility like after the play breaks down which remember massive under the uh, under pressure so he's constantly on the move his ability on the move is impressive but also the confidence he exudes confidence as he's playing he almost has swagger when he's on the run which is really not a thing I mean, this is this is fun to watch, and and his, I, I don't know, I don't know, I'm sure there's there's you know I'll talk to Jake and he'll rein, rein me in on some different things and some complications and whatnot with with Sanders, but he has been the most fun to watch. I mean, Caleb Williams obviously is sick. The kind of I mean, he he's got the Pat Mahomes throws, which is incredible. But there's just something about the way Shadur Sanders plays, and again, just just the the swagger under pressure, the confidence under pressure, and then the ability to execute under pressure. And, and again, you look at it and say, yeah, well, that's highlights. No, it's not. We looked at it. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks in football. So uh, we'll see. we got one more quarterback to do. 
But as of right now, this is kind of my guy, and we'll just have to watch. Um, are they playing, like, right now? I'm guessing everybody's down on them now because they're starting to get whooped on. Um, they lost to Oregon 42-6 to and all that. But, um, you know, again, it's not just the wins and losses. You know, they, they lost the next week, too, 48-41, and he had a 90 grade. So, um, anyways, uh, when do they play next? October 28th, so that's next week. I have to watch that game just to see if it's real. Just to, I, I mean, I've watched some of the Colorado stuff. Just kind of, you know, I watched it out of the corner of my eye. I'm going to have to watch that more intentionally and see if this is for real. But that guy is fun to watch. And the mobility is there. Like, he, again, he's not Lamar, but he can move. All right, uh, final guy now. We got J.J. McCarthy, quarterback out of Michigan. Got to go kind of quick because I'm being summoned. Uh, positives here. So first of all, six foot three, two oh two, Michigan quarterback. This is Ian Cummings. Whip-like velocity to fit throws past extremely tight coverages. Can throw high velocity ropes. Uses sidearm and obtuse underhand release. Superb athlete and creator with high level speed. Has the ankle flexion to bend and accelerate out of would-be sacks. Adaptable and on his toes in the pocket. Can use short area uh, agility flexibility. Generally has good aerial accuracy can beautifully layer velocity man some of these people are wordsmiths man i gotta tell you able to lead wide receivers low on tight intermediate crossers uh relatively mechanically sound quarterback at his age has shown he can look off safeties able to work high to low can quickly process velocity and leverage mismatches has good baseline competitive toughness as a runner weaknesses frame is noticeably lean lack of pocket poise pressure threats can cause him to drop his eyes sometimes inexplicably drifts into pressure uh will sometimes predetermined throws field vision is inconsistent at times forces ill-advised throws can be more consistent using controlled shoulder tilt situational precision sometimes plays too fast can be a bit uncontrolled sometimes wrenches shoulder up on release J.J. McCarthy has a 91 PFF grade and an 89 passing grade. That's a big jump from last year, so he's really blown up. However, it's largely based on his two games in the first two weeks against East, the screaming, Carolina and UNLV. Then he had a 40 passing grade against Bowling Green, and then it was 64, 73, 71, 69. So kind of settling a little bit more into the J.J. McCarthy that I think has been more known in the past. He had a 75.7 passing grade last year. But he is graded out ninth overall as far as his passing grade. One spot below Bo Nix and one spot ahead of Jalen Daniels. As far as pressure, it is a big drop off. 91.4 passing grade while kept clean. 60.7 under pressure. He faces pressure 25.9% of the time. Still relatively low by NFL standards. Oh, and by the way, his overall uh, big time throw percentage is 6.9%, which is very high. Turnover worthy play percentage is 3.1%, which is also fairly high. However... He has zero turnover-worthy plays in five of his games, and then three against Bowling Green, which was 18.8%, and then two against Indiana, which was 8.9%. So he just had two pretty reckless games and then zero for the rest of the season. So the inconsistencies are kind of there. You can see it, like really high, really low, really good, really... Like he, like he has he has 7% big-time throw percentage, which is really high. He has zero in the last two games. And then his grade on deep passing ranks 32nd, 91.5, which is solid enough. Um, SIS, he is number one in college football on catchable passes. 91.3% of his passes are listed as catchable. That's obviously pretty impressive. On target is 18th, which is a pretty big drop-off, all things considered. But it's still solid to be 18th 
Adjusted net yards per attempt, he is third behind Michael Penix and Jaden Daniels only. His IQR rating is fifth. And then pressures, he is, uh, they have him at 24.7%, which ranks 43rd, uh, 43rd least. So relatively low, but, you know, whatever. Not as low as some of these other guys. You know what? I forgot to look at Shadur Sanders' SIS um, for his deep passing. So he ranks 21st, 73.5% are catchable. And then for his on-target passes deep down the field, he ranks 38th at 58.8. So there is a somewhat notable, noticeable drop-off, but you still got almost three, uh, three out of four passes deep down the field are catchable, which I think is a pretty solid number especially considering how things are going right now. Hate to keep dunking on Jordan, but, you know, that is the comp right now. We're trying to find someone that can do the things that are not being done. But all right, back to JJ. He ranks 15th as far as his catchable passes, 20 yards down the field or deeper at 76.5%. On target, though, looks like it's quite low. He ranks 128th, just 41.2%. That's super random. So statistically, I mean, everything seems... Good, but inconsistent. And again, it's a very weird thing to have that many catchable, but not very many on target. I don't know if people are just kind of, you just kind of letting them hang up there for people to run underneath or exactly how, what would lead to that kind of a discrepancy other than just kind of a weird thing. McCarthy, as far as me watching him, feels like the most NFL quarterback. He, he's, he kind of is similar to Shadur Sanders in terms of his ability when the pocket breaks down, I mean, he's obviously very mobile. They had mentioned that in the pros and cons and whatnot. It's very evident, not just to break the pocket or whatever, but also within the pocket. He's he's very nimble and he keeps his eyes down the field, et cetera, et cetera. Although one of the notes is that he doesn't, but I'm just saying he, he has that ability. I've seen it. But he also just feels more like, like when you're watching him, you feel like you're watching an NFL football game. So he, he, he looks, he looks composed, throws really solid passes. I mean, just the, the delivery. The, the mechanics, the speed, getting the ball out of his hand, the velocity of the ball, the tight spiral. That's the only thing I can think to describe it is he looks like an NFL quarterback to me. So anyways, I'm going to leave it at that. There's a little primer for the quarterbacks. I got to get going, but uh, you have a good rest of your day and go Pack Go.